0: Joking. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? Um. So yeah, sort of a bit of a mad start there. I, I, I got a little bit hysterical. Um, so yeah, welcome to jimatonic I can't remember what number it is. Can one of you remind me?
1: 15.
0: Thank you. Um, so this week we have decided, we've gone through a little conversation about things we get asked or statements that are said to us by our clients uh, or people who possible clients. So um, so we're going to touch on seven today if we get enough time. Um, so we're kind of looking at uh, just obviously the way things are misconstrued when they're read in the press or uh, on social media or someone just puts this information out there, doesn't back it up with science at all and it, it's like Chinese whispers. It ends up being a thing when in fact it was literally just something somebody made up once that has never really disappeared. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> my take on it always is that um, if somebody doesn't want to do something, I do think they do try and find something like this, which is a myth, yeah, to get out of doing that thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, for instance, I'm going to, we're going to start, we're going to do one at a time. So let's start with um, too much protein is bad for your kidneys. That's a lovely one. Okay. Now, obviously, yes, protein does have lots of benefits to the body. Okay. And one of the first things I do with the ladies I work with, because obviously, you know, they, uh, most of them are older and also with regard to menopause is I do encourage them to eat a high protein diet. That doesn't mean nothing else. It means a high protein diet. Now we're looking at on average, I would put the average lady on between 120 and 140 grams of protein a day. And you they go pale, look a bit shocked. And I have actually been asked, but won't that affect my kidneys? Then you say, How is it going to affect your kidneys? And then they stare at you like this. Because they don't, they can't, they don't know why, but because someone wrote it in a newspaper article.
2: Instagram post probably.
0: So I'm going to pass this one over to Paul uh, because he's about to knock down his seat and wave his arms around. So you can start on this one, Paul.
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, and I will. So I'm going to start with the concepts and I I may end up repeating myself a few times throughout this episode, but too much of anything will kill you. Um, But that's not a reason not to have something um, in that if we take the humble water, for example, encouraged to drink two to three litres a day, that's good. I recommend not drinking too much water at any one go because that's known as drowning and that (laughs) will kill you. So um, it's about finding the right amount. And as much as I'm sure there probably is an amount of protein that you can have that may be damaging for your kidneys, the likelihood is that if you're eating even as much as two to 300 grams of it a day, which would be fucking hard for 99% of the population, even then you're probably not at risk of damaging your kidneys. And it's normally a case of uneducated or poorly qualified um we'll call them fuckwits um who come up with this stuff because they don't understand it themselves and they want to sound clever that's that's all i've got <laughs> yeah
2: I, it, it it's yeah it's just i i feel like a lot of this is again i'm going to repeat myself a lot here but with this kind of stuff like people take a step back and i feel like i i don't want to attack people and people shouldn't feel stupid for asking these questions but what I w- I do ask a lot of people when they ask me stuff, I'm like, how much have you taken a step back, thought about this this statement you're making? And then you've asked a question because sometimes it's just like, re- just, like relayed straight to you and it's, they haven't made any thought about process about it at all. So if you take protein, for example, protein is one of the three macronutrients and it is essential in our diets right you can google that it takes you about 30 seconds you can google it and it will come up with a list of positives that protein will do for you right not just building muscle if anyone thinks that protein is just there to build muscle again google protein you'll see all the list of things that the protein will do for you but if you look at the negatives of not having protein in your diet that is enough to say yeah i need to be eating protein right and then ask people questions more like, how much protein should I be having for my body weight and size? Not, is, not go to the extreme of like, will my kidneys shut down if I'm having too much protein? Because if you actually ask a constructive question and go, how much protein should I be having for my exercise, and, for my exercise I do and for my goals? Someone can, you can literally find that on the internet you don't need even a personal training qualification to be able to tell you that. So I think it's, again, it's going to come down to a lot of these is like, how do you ask these questions? Are you actually trying to find an answer that might help you rather than just go to the extreme of like protein might kill me because my kidneys will shut down. And I think a side note as well. Like I I think I get asked a lot and it's normally from people, I get this from mums quite a lot. And it's like, should my son be doing protein shakes? Now, I'm not going to go into like, you know, the whole myth of protein shakes again, damaging your kidneys and stuff. Putting it out there, whey protein, whey isolate, kerosene, whatever type of protein you want is a very good source of protein. It is a very, very good source of protein. So essentially, what you're doing is when you're having a protein shake, you're essentially eating a chicken breast. It's probably a better source of, of protein, to be honest than most of the processed chicken you're going to find in Tesco's and Sainsbury's. So again, when you're asking about the protein shakes, just think, would you ask that question? Would you say to me, should my son be having chicken breasts? Mm-hmm. And then you probably know the answer to it. So that's my two cents. Uh, just to
0: say, uh, uh, although it is, um, if people have got kidney disease, um, they are uh, put on a they, their protein is reduced only because their function is reduced. So therefore, the kidneys can't function with anything. To be honest, it's The only time. It's the only time.
2: Well, right. I think. We'll, go on, Paul. I
1: was going to say that comes into the whole like causation and correlation. If you've already got an underlying kidney issue, then having exactly. to be yep. avoided.
0: And, and I and I think that's the, the trouble. Yeah,
1: having too much protein is unlikely to cause a kidney. Oh. Issue, so. No,
0: it doesn't say that anywhere.
1: People yeah. tend to put their, uh, their knickers in the twist and they're all like, oh, God, someone, so-and-so's got kidney disease. And if they have protein, they die. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. That's no different to fucking Superman. If, if he goes near fucking kryptonite, he dies. So I guess he probably just doesn't have as much of it in his diet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't, you know, Does he actually eat it? I
0: don't,
1: he... I don't
0: know.
1: Just basically what I'm saying is play, play the fucking course you're on at the end of yeah. the day. If, you, if you've got a condition, that means you can't have a lot of it. Or don't have a lot of it. But if you don't, like most people, they worry yep. you're going to cause a condition like that.
0: But I, I do think though, it's it's reports about, like you said, underlying health conditions. People who've already got serious illnesses. Yeah, you know, they they have to make changes to their diet sometimes. Not all the time, because it might not even be related to that. But this is sometimes where these little ideas are picked up from, and then they're pushed into the
2: this uh, whatever reason they want people to do it. Okay. Let's move on. So Jill, just, just, um, just the last, last thing there, if you have kidney disease, yeah. Right. Don't ask a personal trainer or even a nutritionist, how much like, if, is protein? Like, cause that's a question for your doctor. Yeah. Like we don't know what your kidney disease situation is. So you might want to go to the person that diagnoses you and is treating you for kidney disease, not coming, not looking at Instagram or a podcast Or whatever like at that point you've got an issue like i'm like as much as i don't want you to have the issue you've got an issue so again you're not in the norm that these these rules apply for like yes you've got kidney disease you probably shouldn't have 200 300 grams of protein if you have normal functioning kidneys you're not going to die like
0: yeah when you will eventually but well yeah okay right well, so moving on so absolute favorite that you shouldn't eat carbs after eight i do not know where this comes from but it. <laughs> it, it um yeah okay go on then tom go on you put your hand up first Go.
2: i was just laughing because i think me and paul put our hands up at exactly the same time because i mean the again <laughs> people take a step back Google carbohydrates. Okay. Google the amount of calories per gram of carbohydrate. And then Google if calories change per time of day. If nothing comes up, you're absolutely fine. Because again, if you've listened to anything we've said over the last like six months of this, or you've listened to anyone who knows anything about nutrition, you know that. Obviously, it's calories in versus calories out, energy balance or whatever. Uh, if you eat a banana at 7.30 p.m. and it's 90 calories, if you eat it at 8.01 p.m., it's still 90 calories. Now, if you eat that banana and you've eaten 4,000 calories for the rest of the day and your maintenance levels may be like a, a 2,000 calories, then that banana will contribute to you gaining weight, yes. And you probably shouldn't have it after 8 o'clock because you've had enough food already. But if you, if you haven't already had your calories for the day, it makes absolutely no difference. And I think this whole thing comes down to we're looking at the 1% or the, in this case, like the, the non-existent data Paul, go on, carry on with this point, because I know you, you'll, you'll kill it with this one. go
1: on, go on. Go on. My
2: favourite thing here is
1: if we look at the, uh, the humble after-eight mint, which last time I checked, <sighs> is designed to be consumed after-eight, and is made largely of sugar, which if anyone has Googled types of carbohydrates, you'll realise is a type of carbohydrate. Now, I would say if carbs are bad, after 8pm, why would they make the after 8 and say that it's only for after 8 if it's going to count for double firstly Um, secondly as Tom said, your body fortunately doesn't have the ability to realise what time it is when you're eating and it doesn't metabolise food differently so it's not like you can eat a bowl of pasta at 7.59 and that bowl of pasta is 400 calories but if you eat it at 8pm or 801, God, heaven forbid, Um, it's suddenly become 900 calories, um, because these just haven't fucking worked on that. Just manage your calories. And yes, there's a correlation between those who eat late at night, or snack late at night, and being obese, but that's normally because, as Tom said, they've eaten too much throughout the fucking day. And if they stop eating late at night, that's going to help bring their overall calorie intake down. Yes. But the issue is not when they eat, it's how much.
0: In the very, very informative, fantastic... um... FaceTime that Boris Johnson did very recently, yeah. uh, where he gave some very very helpful advice to the general public. Uh, about uh, he has in fact given up his late night cheese, mm. uh, so, and he's lost weight. So what do you say to that, Tom?
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, good one, Boris. Give up your your late night cheese, but again, it's the same thing as we've said before. Like you've given up some calories in a day. Yeah, that might put you into a deficit because you're reducing your total calories for the day. But it's not the fact that you've reduced the cheese itself. It's the fact you reduce calories from your diet. And, you know, lots of people as well, they're going to look at like, well, I hear this as well. Like, Tom, if I have carbohydrates, like um, before I go to bed, I'm not going to have a chance to burn them off because I'm going to be asleep. Like. Firstly, you're still burning calories when you're in bed and you're asleep because you're still alive and you're still breathing. Your body is still functioning. And we know that 90% of your calories in the day are burnt through everything but exercise, right? Mm-hmm. So although the calorie burn might be a bit lower than if you were walking around, you're still burning a lot of calories. Just you're, you know, And uh, honestly, if you're, if you're eating loads of um, protein, your kidneys are probably working really hard because they're trying not to shut down at that point. So you're going to burn loads of calories um but no but like trying not to die like your body doesn't doesn't metabolize energy that quickly and it doesn't metabolize it doesn't turn um macronutrients and break it down and then store it as fat like that it's a process that happens and it takes days for this to happen so like it doesn't matter when you eat it or when you burn it off it's just about your behaviors of how much you're eating and then how much you're burning on a a consistent basis which is going to set a trend in which your body's going to respond to so again like stop looking at the small little things and look at the bigger picture like we talked about last week like how many calories you're eating how much exercise you're doing and how good you're resting and that kind of stuff is is way way more important than if you're having your carbs at eight o'clock or 801 like i mean it's just yeah yeah
0: it's true though it's when you sort of the way you've both explained it, it is a case of before you open your mouth and say these things really think about it you know like you say when you when you when you narrow it down to minutes like that so a minute before and a minute after that's
2: take a step back
0: makes sense yeah you know okay let's move on so what about the um the famous joe wicks wonderful afterburn after a hit workout
2: Mm.
0: The magical burning <laughs> furnace that be- your body becomes after you do a 20-minute HIIT workout that makes you lean. Come on! I have
2: got an unpopular opinion here. <laughs> it's going to annoy a lot of people, I'm sure, but I, I'm I'll try and yeah. I'll, I'll try and do it in the best way I can. First of all, I'm going to say any sort of exercise. If you're doing any sort of exercise, is better than doing no exercise. If you enjoy doing any a form of exercise, by all means, go and do it. The, my problem that I have is when people do a, a form of exercise because they're told that it's superior to other forms of exercise, they don't really like doing it. Um, it's it's not comfortable for their body. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't suit the, their needs. But they do it because they they're told by someone like Joe Wicks that they need to jump around their living room and look like an idiot, and it's got this magical effect of. This afterburn. The two reasons I hate HIT workouts, like high-intensity workouts, is because they're overly sold. They're sold, they've got false narratives behind them. First of all, if you actually look at the studies behind HIT, you're not burning that many calories because you're not actually working for that long. If you look at the actual amount of time you're working compared to the amount of time you're resting, you're not actually putting your body in a state where it's actually going to actually be stimulated to burn more calories, right? Now, yes, you are going to raise your heart rate up, but the fitter you get, the more you do it, the harder it is to keep your heart rate up because you're going to get fitter. Therefore, your recovery is a lot faster. And then you see, if you look at the data, that actually your heart rate, your average heart rate was actually lower because you got fitter. And so now you're going to have to go longer. A yes. lot of these exercises as well are not very good for people who have joint issues or people that are not as, as flexible as others. Right. And then you've got, so with that, I'm like, look, if you don't like doing hit, go for a walk. Like yeah. burning 100 calories is burning 100 calories. I don't care if you do it walking, biking, HIIT, um, standing on your head. Like it Absolutely. may take you longer, but you're still going to burn 100 calories and you're still going to get the benefits from it. Yeah. Now, the afterburn effect, again, just look at the data, look at the studies, Google it. Because there is a small bit of evidence to show that because you've been doing this high intensity workout, that your body will burn a little bit more calories after the exercise is done. It's so minimal that it's, it's not even, I don't know why we're even talking about it. I mean, like I th- one of the studies I looked at, it was like, it was 12 calories an hour for the next three hours. And I mean, like. <sighs> That's
0: not even an after eight.
2: Go up and down the stairs a couple of times, and you've done that. You don't have to do these hit workouts, and so you know. And, and going back to our, um, going back to like our, our our Joe Wicks thing. Like again, he, you know, he gets people moving. That's great. But I hear a lot. I have a lot of conversations, especially after the podcast that we did about Joe Wicks, <laughs> and people, people love him, right? And that's great. Um, all for it. We're not going to go into that. But when I asked them about, hey, have you done his workouts? A lot of people, especially like in their forties and fifties, oh no, I can't do that. And so I'm like, you know, are we? You know, what are we actually doing here with these hit workouts? How who should be doing them? And yeah, Paul, carry on. And um, so my issue with this is, I
1: mean, the afterburn effect is you've already touched on that. It's, it's I mean, it's fucking nothing. Absolutely nothing. You probably burn more calories taking a shit. So. Uh, <laughs> So just have a few laxatives, save yourself the hassle. Um, but my issue with things like HIT, for example, is glamorized as being like the, the big the big thing, the go-to, like Joe Wicks for, during lockdown, like, I'll keep you fit by getting you to jump around your living room for 10 minutes. If you're quite overweight or you're obese, your bones, your joints and your muscles are under a lot of stress because you're carrying way too much weight. And you're telling me that it's then going to be sensible to go and do quite a high impact type of exercise Mm. on already under pressure joints. I'm going to go with that's a recipe for fucking injury. Um, Mm. which is why if I, you know, if somebody comes to me and they are really overweight and they want to start getting fitter and they want to start exercising, I'm going to get them to do the stuff that's the lowest impact Do steps, take the stairs instead of, you know, the lift, but ultimately, start doing some resistance training there's going to be less impact on your joints and on your bones than going on a treadmill and trying to run because let's face it if you're carrying 20 kilos more than you should be that's a lot of fucking weight to put through your 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 bones through your skeleton so hit for people trying to lose weight when they've got a lot to lose is probably the last thing they should do
0: yeah agree
2: i've got a great i yeah i just i just I've got a great way to tie in two points here. So for the people who might be listening to this and are now going, oh, well, I thought that eating too much protein was bad for my kidneys. And I also thought that there was an afterburn effect of hit. I've got a solution for you. Now you know that eating too much protein isn't going to kill you. There is a thing called the thermogenic effect of food. Now protein has the highest effect of that about 30 percent more calories are burned when you consume protein so if you want an afterburn effect turn off joe wicks up your protein bang and this podcast just saved your life
0: there you now, go
2: i'll leave now shall i shall i leave i'll leave i've done my
0: hold my beer
2: <laughs> hold my bottle of glutamine. <laughs>
0: that's brilliant thanks guys okay so let's move on from there i think it's quite a nice one to sort of dive into next the um I, I, should i be managing my insulin levels
1: Boys, oh, well, all over this so i'm gonna <laughs> a really quick overview in terms of insulin's role in the body imagine your body is the london underground insulin is a conductor on the tube calories in that you eat that's people getting on the train calories out is people getting off the train insulin is there to basically say if too many people are getting on i'm going to help some other people get off and your body is like the underground calories go in insulin helps transport nutrients of certain kinds around the body energy if you like around the body and you burn it off if you've got too much getting in to the train insulin then goes and gets another conductor. And it's like, oh, bring somebody else in to help me get some of these pricks off the train. It's getting too busy. Rush hour. We've all been there. I had my head in an armpit once. It was horrible. Um, (laughs) Enjoys being short. But it gets to a point where if you've got too much going in, like way too much going in, insulin will get, the level will raise, the level will raise, the level will raise. And then it will get to a point where you just can't produce enough to keep up. There's not enough conductors in the world to help people get off the fucking train, at which point the body just stops producing it. Because if it's not working, your body's, re- your body's very much like most people. If things aren't working, they give up. Um, and that's what your body would do. That's what happens with insulin. And that's, what's type- that's what type 2 diabetes is. Mm-hmm. Your body has got to a point of overproducing insulin to try and cope with the fact that you're eating way too many calories and not burning enough. And it gets to a point where it can't keep up. So it stops. Um, So when people are like, Oh, I need to manage my insulin levels for fat loss. It's actually no, manage your fucking calorie intake and your insulin will take care of itself. The, The whole process of the body producing insulin is purely to help manage the transportation of nutrients around your body. If you're putting too much fucking food in consistently, your, of course your body's not going to be able to work and it's not insulin that's the issue it's not having raised insulin that's the issue the reason why people think that is because if you're obese and you're on the edge of becoming type 2 diabetic you've probably got an increase in insulin in your body i wonder why because mm. you're fucking calories in there so yeah when people go oh should i be managing my insulin i should i pro- probably need to watch my carbs because it causes a spike in insulin i'm like oh maybe if that's your attitude fucking take a, sh- a long walk off a short cliff because i'll be honest i haven't got time for shit like that that's harsh
2: sorry that was harsh oh. <laughs> we, <laughs> the point remember, we the don't point condone remember. anyone jumping off a cliff <laughs> I, will
0: just though, I will just say that i will just say that again i'm going to touch on menopause here again that when the progesterone and the oestrogen decide to do one uh, probably on another train on probably northern line or something weird like that yeah. um, what what does actually happen and it is scientifically proven with women is that we do become quite insulin resistant and that's why you get to a certain point in perimenopause where your body just goes haywire and yes you have to make a lot of changes to your diet not stop anything not cut your carbs not do that either you have to make changes to your diet and this is where you normally find out that women just don't eat protein yes tom
2: I mean I, yeah i think that you i mean again like if you need if you if you're going through menopause or if you're diabetic yes you need to manage your insulin because yeah. that's the thing but again most <laughs> of popu- most the population
0: yeah
2: are not going through that right like at the same time like right? I, I realize for women that they will go through it at some point but at every given time So when you're looking at fat loss, which everyone can do at the same time, everyone in this country decided they want to lose weight. You know, we all lose weight. You know, some people. Right. And so, like, again, when you're asking these questions, you've just focused on the big picture, people. Like, if you are so nailed into your nutrition that you are doing absolutely everything, your calories are bang on, your protein is bang on. You are hitting your macro breakdown, bang on, your exercise is on point, And you wanna look at your insulin, go for it. But I'm telling you right now, you are like, you are, yeah, it's just it's just not necessary. Like stop. We've got to stop people looking at these, these things that have absolutely yeah, gone. Go well, okay, well, well,
0: relax. Take yeah. a few breaths. <laughs> 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 okay, so. We're going to move on. So we have uh, starvation mode. This is a wonderful one. So, yes, mm-hmm. I, I don't really want to cut my calories um, because I'm worried that I'll go into starvation mode. So go on, Paul.
1: So love this one. One of my favourites. Um, normally from the anti-fasting fraternity, this one on the basis. So we've already touched on. Intimate and faster's love of not eating after 8pm because that'll make you fat and that you shouldn't eat before 10am because that'll make you fat. The time of day you eat is irrelevant. On the flip side of this, you have the, um, the starvation moders uh, who are petrified of the, the notion that if you don't eat immediately upon waking, that your body is going to instantly assume you've been thrust into a state of famine and is going to go into starvation mode and basically just start to break down all of your muscle tissue Um, and store everything as fat because it doesn't know when the next meal is coming now a couple of issues i have with this first things first breakfast the first meal that you eat of a day regardless of time is breaking the fast is breakfast and also if you miss if you don't eat breakfast these are my questions that i have when people raise it just to get you thinking if you don't eat breakfast you know in the morning you wake up you don't eat and then that's it, you're in starvation mode, and everything you then eat will be metabolized as fat. How long does that last for? Is that for every meal for the rest of your life by missing one breakfast, or is that just for the day? Does it reset overnight? Like, how does this work? And I'll tell you how it works it doesn't. Um, and that's because it's not a real thing. Starvation mode probably does exist if you are going through a state of famine and you've not had a good meal for four or five years.
2: Well, you'd probably be dead
1: at that point. When I say good, know. I mean, like, if you look I mean, at...
0: But we're not robots. We don't have modes. No, like exactly. My digital radio has modes.
2: Hey, but- I have podcast mode.
0: Yeah, but but, but my digital radio doesn't have a starvation mode.
1: No, and the thing is, is people attribute things from extreme scenarios and assume it will happen from relatively mundane activity so if again those who are in a state of famine who haven't had a proper decent meal for quite some time who are severely malnourished probably have issues with i don't know holding on to muscle they probably have issues with the fact that their metabolic rate is completely fucked but that's because if you are in a fucking famine stricken country and you're hardly eating and what you do eat has very little nutritional value you're malnourished that's the issue so yeah they're probably <laughs> suffering from a starvation mode but yeah. missing breakfast one morning is not going to put you into yeah, you don't need to panic
0: but going going back to suki again you know she, mm-hmm. she would have known all about that starvation mode stuff
2: the yeah she would have done but, but so here's the thing like the starvation mode thing came around because when people reduce their calories right they start losing weight and then at some point they stop losing weight and they potentially start gaining a bit of weight, right? And so then they've all of a sudden, instead of thinking, what's happened here? I need to talk to an expert who's someone who somebody might do, they go, Oh, my body now didn't like the fact that I was on low calories. So now it's fighting back and from somewhere is getting because again, obviously the calories I'm consuming are not using to, to, to fuel my body as in like my kidneys and my lungs and my heart. It's just getting stored as fat because the body's really smart like that. It would just go, don't worry about your kidneys and your heart. We're just going to store it as fat because that's what, it's, that's what you know, the body definitely does. What actually happens is that when you lose weight, you lose some of you. You are less mass. So the energy required to keep you alive and to do your daily tasks is less. So if you then do not adapt your new calorie, your, your new energy requirement to put yourself in another deficient state of calories. So you will carry on losing weight. You're either going to stay the same or you will potentially gain a bit of weight because you're no longer in a deficit.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Metabolic rate is just the amount of energy your body needs in order to, to, to do what you've asked it to do. You can't break your metabolism. It's just, that's just not a thing. Like, yeah. it's just what's going to happen is, and again, people say this as well. It's one I want to touch upon because I've just, I'm, I'm in, the, I'm in the, um, the stage of doing a reverse diet where basically I dieted down, which I had to adjust my calories a few times because my body adapted because I got leaner. And then at the end of the diet, when I said, I'm, I'm lean uh, where I want to be now, and I would like to maintain this, if I carried on eating those, the same amount of calories, I would have carried on losing weight for a little bit more. And I didn't want to. So then what I did is I said, well, if I then add a load of calories back in, I don't know where the surplus line is over my maintenance. So what I need to do is I need to slowly add calories back in until I stop losing weight and my weight plateaus, right? And at that point, my body then is taking a new maintenance. And it's just, it's my, my metabolism. If, if I went and ate a load of food, it's not because my metabolism was broken and I just gained a load of fat. It's because I didn't know where i was in in the sense of where my my maintenance level was and it's just that simple like i was eating 1600 calories for a few weeks and i went and ate 3000 calories of course i'm gonna gain fat like yeah i don't know
0: (laughs) right we've only got four minutes left so let's go i was gonna go with the girls shouldn't lift weights because they get bulky but that's long i think we'll save that for next time I would, yeah. I would love to have you talk to the, about this one. So if you add squash to water, it doesn't count. That is, I hadn't heard that one before. I, I, do, it, yeah. I do it, so I'm actually personally devastated. Over to you, Paul. So the, you need to finish on this one, darling. That's okay.
1: I have been, t- I've been told this in the past. So way before I was a PT, when I was working with PTs, I was genuinely told I need to be drinking two to three litres of water a day and that if you add squash it doesn't count towards your hydration (laughs) Um, like so you could drink six liters a day of water with a little bit of squash in it and that is not going to count towards your hydration um which baffles me because actually when you break down hydration in general you can get hydration as in water from the food that you eat because lots of food is contains a lot of water things like teas coffees fizzy drinks all count towards your hydration the trade-off is that often caffeinated drinks in particular are a diuretic so as much as they hydrate you they also make you go to the toilet so it kind of balances itself out a bit um but squash is a great way of making water more enjoyable because most people unless you've had a severe like a severe shortage of water like our friends who've also had a severe shortage of food who are suffering from malnutrition most people are a little bit spoiled and are a little bit like fortunate with our western ways and don't like the taste of water anymore and no longer see it as you know so essential for life um so they have to flavor it which is fine if you don't like the taste of water on its own chuck some squash in it the good thing is is it's not going to suddenly mean it doesn't count towards your hydration the only thing to be mindful of is if you're adding squash to water and you drink quite a lot of it is some squashes are going to carry more calories than others not all squashes are created equal so look for a double concentrate no added sugar and you'll be fine basically is what i say on that but yeah i've genuinely been told by so-called professionals in the past that if you add squash to your water it doesn't count towards your hydration and that my
2: friends is bollocks i just i just want to i just i've never heard that one so i have nothing to comment on it if anyone listening to this has any data behind that please dm it to me i would love to do it i would just i've never heard that before so i'm fascinated so that's all i've got on that
0: right okay so next week we've got a very exciting episode Uh, because obviously it's Easter coming up so we're going to be talking about all things Easter so look forward to that one but now we have to go because we're out of time it's been exciting and wonderful thank you very much guys
2: peace out people
1: thank you
0: you
1: see you all soon